Welcome back to Strucky Sports Talk for another phenomenal episode. As always, I'm your host, Colin Struckman, and we have an action-packed episode for this week's podcast. As I'll welcome on special guest Sean Coyne of the UNH football team to the show. I'll also take a look at the Bruins' upcoming playoff series in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Capitals and give my picks for this year's first round of the playoffs as the time has come for the best sport in the playoffs. The NHL playoffs are finally here. Before we get to that, though, I'd like to start off with my interview with Sean, who is another Portsmouth native, and it was cool to hear his experiences with playing football at UNH. So without further ado, here he is, Sean Coyne. I'm here with a former member of the All-State First Team in Rhode Island, the Division I First Team, a USA Today Rhode Island Offensive Player of the Year, a former D1 Super Bowl MVP, and a Newport County Offensive Player of the Year. He is Sean Coyne. Sean, welcome to the show, and how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. How are you? It's going pretty well myself. So first to start out here, I want to kind of talk about your time at Portsmouth. What memories do you think kind of stand out to you thinking back at your time at Portsmouth? I would probably say uh, just the, the public school championship in general because uh, most of the kids I was playing in high school with were all the same kids that I grew up with. And it's, it's like a little different than college because, you know, I mean, you're not surrounded by guys from different areas. It's all kids you've known since you're uh, at a young age. And it's kind of something special to do with kids you grew up with. And I think also one of them probably hitting that field goal. Obviously, you hit that longest field goal attempt in the state. You nailed that 58-yarder against Woonsocket at home. How did you kind of approach that kick, and what was your, like, reaction to it going through the uprights? Yeah, there's was a lot of wind that day. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, it was uh, – originally we were going to punt it because I think we were up, like – I think it was, like – 42 nothing or something yeah you guys were you guys were up by a lot I remember yeah Yeah. we were gonna punt it then we actually attempted that same kick my junior year versus LaSalle at the end of the half and I I was I missed it and then uh one of our coaches uh coach uh coach Bruce he's uh he kind of does like the kicking stuff and he kind of helped me with kicking throughout my whole time uh in high school he kind of like had coach Monez call a timeout and then kind of like was like do you want to attempt to kick it so I guess we just tried it and the wind kind of helped me out there but (laughs) was it something you think you were like confident in and like kept practicing or just kind of went for it and obviously you were in that situation and had a chance to go for it I was I was kind of confident in it with like just because I've hit I've hit that in practice before so that kind of made it a little like easier to to have confidence going in but I mean obviously it was a long field goal and I had the win in my back too so that obviously helps so is being a kicker kind of something you always thought of or did you just kind of go with the flow and accept that role no I, I didn't really I didn't start kicking till we needed a kicker my sophomore year in high school then everyone was kind of just trying not to kick because we didn't have one and I guess I could kick it a little bit so ended up just making me the kicker because, like, I guess I had a decent leg. And then from there, uh, Coach Bruce kind of just helped me develop into, like, uh, a decent, like, kicking prospect, I guess. And along with 
kicker. You played all three sides of the field in high school. You were an incredibly versatile player. You played on offense, defense, and special teams. What was it like to kind of try and master so many different responsibilities on the field? Because I can imagine you were out there a lot. I mean, you're playing all three sides of the ball. You didn't really have time to rest. What was it like kind of trying to play all three of those at the same time? It was, it was awesome. I mean, like mo most of the players, most of the players on uh, the, our high school team played both ways. So, I mean, I mean, obviously it was different, like doing kicking too, than like returning kicks and stuff like that. But, you know, like most of the, most of the guys on the team played special teams as well. So, I mean, I guess it was kind of just more of a thing of like, if I'm like the best person that can kick the ball, then, then I'm going to do that to, to help us out. Now I kind of want to go into your career at UNH so far. Were you hoping to specifically be a quarterback or maybe a kicker, or were you open to kind of trying a different position once you got to college? Before I, got, before I realized I could really, like, kick the ball pretty well, I always wanted to be a quarterback. But my junior year, I broke my elbow. And, like, playing that year with my elbow broken and stuff and not really, like, knowing that it was broken kind of – kind of messed up my elbow a little bit too and I don't know if I really I didn't really have the division one skills of throwing the football anyway so I kind of just knew if I wanted to play a skill position that it was probably going to be wide receiver and obviously I saw like Matt Sewell was able to make that transition so I mean I kind of I kind of always wanted to be uh wanted to be a skill position guy and I couldn't really see myself just being a kicker but that kind of got my foot in the door so yeah, definitely open up some more opportunities for you. Do you think you kind of notice a competitive edge to the FCS just because it's a little different from D1, right? We've seen more players try to move up to some bigger schools after playing in the FCS. And there's been so many players to get drafted from the FCS to the NFL. So do you notice kind of that extra edge in that conference? Yeah, I think I think the FCS is a lot of, a lot of guys that were like overlooked or came from areas where they were under recruited. And like, I think in general, like our conference CA is like a lot of players with chips on their shoulders and feel like, feel as if they should have or could have been recruited at the FBS level. So it do definitely does bring a competitive edge. And this season in the CAA has been so out of the ordinary. I mean, you guys started in March and only played one game against yeah. Albany and then saw the rest of the season get canceled. What was kind of your reaction to not being able to play a full season? Yeah, it was it was crazy, especially after, like, having the fall canceled. I missed the year before that, so, like, coming back, hoping the fall would be played, and that got canceled. So, hoping for the spring, and then spring we get one game in, tough loss, so then, you know what I mean, like, hoping to get that sour taste out of our mouth to get one more and kind of wipe that clean, but kind of just dragged throughout the whole entire season. And then by like, I'm pretty sure it was before we played, we're supposed to play Albany in week six. They kind of just kind of just shut it down because we already missed like half the season. And you were already slated to play in the spring and then that happened. So it's already a little weird already. I mean, football in the spring is not normal. We saw it just recently at Portsmouth playing in the spring, only playing three games. And, I mean, thankfully you got that one game in, were able to score a couple touchdowns, make a name for yourself. But not being able to play is definitely something that you don't want to see. But do you think maybe you're going to try and pursue something after college? What's that going to look like for you in that process? 
I think that that's kind of like every every kid's kind of like dream, I guess, like growing up or like goal. But you know, I'm I'm kind of more worried about doing stuff at the college level and seeing where that takes me. I think I have a lot that I need to prove at this level to to even be thinking about uh, the next level after that. So I'm kind of just worried on what I can control now and like help helping us as a team win games and that somehow gives me an opportunity or somewhat gives me an opportunity to the next level, then I guess that that's what is what it is. But it's obviously still like a dream and a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. You definitely have some more time at UNH to try and get there. But finishing up with a couple more questions here, obviously you're a wide receiver. Are there any superstitions you have as a wide receiver to try and help you get better? Superstition? I don't know. I'm I'm not really that much of a superstitious guy. Obviously, I have like the same routine that I do before every game with like uh, stretching and foam rolling and stuff like that. Watching film the night before, but nothing in particular. So obviously, playing football, the walkout song is so important. What do you think? Kind of is one of the better walkout songs for a football team before taking the field. I don't know. It's tough. I, I kind of I just listen to like like Meek Mill and stuff like that. And like, uh, I don't know if I have a particular song, but I would say like anything by like Meek Mill or anything, anyone like that. Definitely a good artist. I mean, we saw the Eagles walk out to him in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but yeah, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Finishing up here. This is big, obviously in Rhode Island, but favorite flavor of Dell's lemonade, which one are you going with lemon or watermelon? Ooh, that's tough. I probably I say I go with watermelon, but you can't go wrong with either or. Honestly, I'm going with watermelon too. I I, I do I don't mind lemon, but I just think watermelon's the better one. I you obviously are on the train yeah. right here. We've had a lot of guests pick watermelon, so definitely good to see you on that train as well. But yeah, Sean, that's that's the, that's the favorite is watermelon. Yeah, it is. It's pretty much the consensus. I think I think Cole's the only one that said lemon, but yeah. I mean he's. A very talented basketball player, so I can't really disagree with him for picking that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give him crap about that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to do it, Sean. Thanks for coming on the podcast here. All right, thanks for having me, man. Of course. All right, so now I'd like to get into my playoff preview here. For the Stanley Cup playoffs in the NHL, we'll start with the East Division, and we have the number one seed Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the number four seed New York Islanders. I'm going to go with the Penguins in six games here for this series. It's really hard to see Sidney Crosby and company losing the first round after being upset by the Canadians last year in the bubble. This team has too much speed, too much skill, I think, for the Islanders to handle Even though the Islanders are, in my opinion, the best defensive team in the league, I think they're going to get worn out by all the offensive weapons this Penguins team has, including Rust and Gensel to complement Crosby. So I've got Pittsburgh in six. Moving on here, this is the big one here for the Bruins. It'll be the number two Washington Capitals taking on the number three Boston Bruins. I'm going with the Bruins in seven. And this is not a homer pick. I truly believe the Bruins can beat the Caps. As they have their number this season, they're 4-2-2 two, and two against the Caps this year. The Caps have had some shaky goaltending at times with Vanacek and Samsonov and not a lot of depth defensively or reliability on that back end besides Carlson. I think Taylor Hall for the Bruins is going to have a monster series and this new look Boston team can advance. 
there's a lot of storylines in this series. I mean, Zidane Chara, after spending so much time in Boston, winning a Stanley Cup with the Bruins, it seems like his number is going to be retired at the TD Garden. He's going up against his former team. And then you have Tom Wilson of the Capitals, who injured Brandon Carlo on a high hit earlier in the season. He was out for an extended period of time. Wilson got a suspension. That created a little bit of a new rivalry between these two teams. So there's going to be a lot of tension, a lot of animosity in this series. But I like the Bruins to come out on top in seven games. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be back and forth. But I really do think the Bruins can get it done. Moving on to the North Division here, we have the number one seed Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the number four seed Montreal Canadiens. I'm going with the Maple Leafs in six games. I'd love to pick against Toronto and go with Montreal, but the Leafs team is too talented this year. Obviously, they don't have a great winning tradition in the postseason. They get bounced every year in the first round, but with Austin Matthews being an absolute stud, he's probably going to finish second in that Hart Trophy race behind McDavid. I think this Toronto Maple Leafs team, when you have Austin Matthews, even a guy like Joe Thornton, who really hasn't produced in the back end of his career as much as he did kind of in the middle, in the beginning. Joe Thornton is a huge veteran presence for this team. He's vastly underlooked. I think he's going to play a huge role in this series. This is the most talented Toronto team we've seen in years, and I think they are capable of getting over the hump and finally winning a playoff series. Sticking with the North Division here, we have the number two seed Edmonton Oilers taking on the number three seed Winnipeg Jets. I'm going with the Oilers in six, and there's two words for this one, and that's Connor McDavid. He's the best player in the league. He's the best player in all of sports right now. He's going to carry Edmonton to a series victory. They've also got Leon Dreisaitl. He's going to have a huge impact, and these two form one of the best one-two punches in the league, so I'm picking Edmonton over Winnipeg. Moving on now here to the Central Division, we have the number one seed Carolina Hurricanes taking on the number four seed Nashville Predators. I'm going with the upset, and I'm picking the Predators in seven. I like Nashville to pull off this upset because they've been on a heater. They had a 2% chance of making the playoffs on March 14th and went 19-7-1 since then. I think they're going to use that momentum and carry it into the postseason, and Carolina They've seemed to falter a little bit in the playoffs in recent years, so I like the Preds' chances. There's usually at least one unpredictable upset in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think this is going to be the one. So I like the Predators to pull off the upset against the Hurricanes. Sticking here with the Central, we've got the number two seed Florida Panthers taking on the number three seed Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going with the Lightning in seven games. They're the defending cup champs. And when you have Andre Vasilevsky between the pipes, it really increases your chances of winning in the postseason. This team won it last year. They're used to winning in this COVID environment, so I really like Tampa to come out on top in this series. They're slated also to have Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov back from injury, and they're going to have a huge impact on this series. They're two elite goal scorers when they're healthy, so this is going to be scrappy. These two teams do not like each other. They've been going at it as of late, and it should be, I think, the most entertaining series of the first round besides maybe the Bruins series. So I know I'm going to be watching every game of this series because of that bad blood. It's going to be a lot of fun to see these two teams go at it. Obviously, it's great to see two Florida teams. They've finally been able to face each other. So for the first time in franchise history, we kind of have a battle of Florida between these two teams. 
We're going to finish up here with the West Division. First off, we have the number one seed Colorado Avalanche taking on the number four seed St. Louis Blues. I'm going with the Avalanche in five games. I think this is going to be not much of a series. I think the Avs can wrap this up pretty quickly. This is just not the same Blues team we've seen in recent years, and they've really struggled this year against teams like Vegas and Colorado. So I like the Avs with McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen to help them win that series. And now finishing up here with a number two seed Vegas Golden Knights taking on the number three seed Minnesota Wild. I like Vegas in six in this one. I think this is going to be a very entertaining series. I think that guys like Stone, Tuck, and even Pacioretty, those guys are absolutely phenomenal for that Vegas Golden Knights offense. I think a lot of people anticipated Vegas being in this point. Their defense is strong and their offense is excellent as well. I think Minnesota is a young team. They're a scrappy bunch. No one really thought they'd be here, but I think they're just going to falter to that Vegas Golden Knights team. They're very strong. They got a shot at winning the cup. I think it's going to be Vegas or Colorado who really wins the cup this year. So Watching those two in the first round will certainly be interesting. We can kind of gauge where they're at as we get closer to the Stanley Cup final. But that's going to do it for the first round picks. We'll see what happens as we get closer and closer to the Cup final. But we'll keep the predictions updated here on the show. Keep up with the Bruins series. And we'll have it all here for you on Strucky Sports Talk. And now to the end of today's episode. That's going to do it for another edition of Strucky Sports Talk. And once again, I'd like to thank Sean for coming on the show here today. It's going to be a great sports weekend with the Bruins playing game one on Saturday night in D.C. We'll keep up with the series right here on Strucky Sports Talk as it progresses. And this should be an incredible series between the Bruins and the Capitals. But until next time, this has been Strucky signing off.